We have to have structure, Chad. Structure That's is true. key. That was loud. Ooh, coming Sorry. in hot. Coming in hot. Although you say that, I say that. The people won't know that. That's true. You know, I'm a skilled audio engineer. I went to college for years for this. Welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here today to talk about what it means to be an ally and how you can be an ally to um, all sorts of folks out there who uh, who need allies. So it's going to be a fun episode today. We're going to talk about uh, maybe a couple do's and don'ts, uh, some things uh, you can do to help others and some things that you might not want to do or might want to reconsider if you want to be an ally. And uh, with it being Pride Month still, and just also I think this is a great topic to talk about, we're really excited to discuss this topic today. So without further ado, I'm very happy to uh, welcome my good buddy and my partner in crime. What's going on, Jared? Hello, Chad. Uh, another thing we'll do, which uh, you know you didn't know, I'm not blaming you for not bringing it up, is we'll talk about some um, some terms that might be useful if you if you want to be an ally. Maybe dare, dare I say untranslatables, but these and, and uh, if you want to if you if you want to be an ally, it might be useful to know some of these terms. You know, that is um, a big step, Jared, into being an ally. And we did do an episode, uh, two episodes back, I think, about some other important terms with the LGBTQ community. So check that out as well if you yeah. uh, want to learn some other terms because we do love our terms here at the Untranslatable Podcast. Sorry, you see me here like making all these uh, aggressive movements and you're a professional for not responding. If you're on YouTube. There's a small, you know, like a small spider. Uh-oh. Oh, it's on the screen now. That is, <laughs> has great jumping abilities. And every time, like I go to flick it off my screen. Aren't the or, jumping like, ones usually the less dangerous ones? It's not about danger. It's about uh, a high level of distraction. Watching that's fair. Fly across that's my fair. Oh, I got it. I got it. This reminds think, me kind oh, of of the, of the. I, I highly doubt this was an actual quote, but there's a quote that floats around the internet. It's probably that's on, like, it's uh, on the floor now. That's the best I could do. There you go. There's a there's a quote by now. People say it was by Confucius. I have no idea if this was actually a legit Confucius quote, but the quote is. Um, <laughs> I was the, there. The moment the moment a mosquito lands on your balls is the moment you know that violence is not always the answer. <laughs> okay. Reviance is, isn't always uh, yeah, the solution yeah, no, to solve a problem. I highly kinda, doubt. Kind of reminds me though of like a, like a spider on your computer screen because you don't want to smack your computer <sighs> screen, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of violence, by the way, um, it, it's starting to look like starting uh, that you'll be able to, like like you'll be able to go to Germany, which is the plan. What is to go in two weeks? I hope so, but fingers you crossed. So. I got Why a haven't message. you bought a ticket yet, Chad? Because, Why haven't you bought? Excuse because me. I have, because right now Americans are still not able to enter legally. I've looked up all the requirements, even though on mm. paper they say, you know, you can do this, you can do this. We emailed the, well, when I say we, my German buddy David emailed the, the Bundespolizei and, uh, and let them know. And they, they did respond last week, and they said, we're really sorry to inform you that only... Um, EU citizens or people who have like a student or a work visa are able to and go in, over. I assume you clarify that you were vaxxed up and yep. they're like, oh, hey, yeah, we don't give a shit. Yep. Well, um, what, it, what it is, Jared, is my buddy David was explaining to me that um, 
There have been talks actually for quite some time now about Europe and USA opening up the more like flights and just more travel back and forth. And I guess the issue was, is actually um, my buddy was telling me that the U.S., we actually at first Europe was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're ready to open up travel. And the U.S. was actually like, wait a minute, um, you all aren't nearly as vaccinated as we are, so we don't want to open up the travel uh, as much yet. So that could be it. So it might be an issue as well of reciprocity where, you know, where because if you open up travel for means. what? I don't know what that word means. Reciprocity just means it just means um, like the like. I allow you to do something, so you allow me to do that thing as well. So, for oh, example, recipro- reciprocation. Yeah, exactly. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. And so, so basically, I think my theory is uh, is once the U.S. gives Europe the green light for more Europeans to come here, that's when they're going to really open everything up. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, my fingers are crossed, or as the Germans say, my thumbs are pressed, Jared. Yeah. And I, I really hope I'll be able to make it to my buddy's wedding. Uh, I mean, I have I've booked the time off. We'll see what happens. It is hot vac summer, so it's not even COVID that I'd necessarily be concerned about for you. What it is is these these in-flight in interruptions, they're not stopping. Oh, Did the you hear about the still? dude? Is there another one? Well, this is a fight, but this was more a fight for everyone, a necessary fight. Oh, the there dude was that, a guy that tried to hijack a plane, right? Is that might be a different about? one, honestly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I remember that. And I don't know if they're... I, I think this is different because this is someone that was trying to open uh, the door mid-flight. Okay, not, yeah, that's not something... get to the captain. Yeah, that's something uh, different. And it, re- and, it, and it required a lot of uh, other passengers and... Um, and like flight crew to uh, hold Stop this him? guy down, and oh, then they, it, I think it was like L.A. to Atlanta or something like that, um, and they had to divert to Oklahoma, which is obviously in between those two. Right. And um, and, and cops were waiting for him at the gate. Obviously, he right. tried to open the door mid-flight, and it's like, and it's like if you have if 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 you have these feelings of wanting to do this to yourself. Why are you involving all of us? All of us? In the, I don't know. This is just flight these days. Is it's it's wild out there, and and I, I don't know what it is. People are excited to get back out. I don't know what it is, but it's not stopping because it I'm pretty seems sure. Like right now, Jared, all the assholes are traveling. My apologies if any of our listeners out there are doing some heavy traveling lately. You know what I think it is? What? Here's what I think it is. Assholes have always been traveling. Um, now we just hear about it more easily via social no, media. I, I mean that too. But I think one, it's the democratization of of flight in general. Flights are getting cheaper and cheaper, and in this, uh, and it's people are being let out from you know be finally free and able to go places. Po- not post COVID, but just in general, people are finally being able to go more and more places. And then I would say that in addition to the democratization of flight, flights are probably generally cheaper because. Um, uh, air, air, airlines, I imagine, I haven't been looking at flight prices, I'm guessing, but I imagine that for the most part, they're sort of in more of a need to incentivize people mode, even though it is summer, you know, it's still, you know, prices, I imagine, are still not what they'd be in like peak summer two years ago or something like that. I'm guessing. Pro- you, you, probably you've not. You've seen your price. I mean, the fact that you can get a flight to, to Germany in July on Lufthansa for 1500 kind of seems like a steal. It's not bad for summer prices. That's not bad. I think the yeah, most I've ever timing. paid was eighteen. One oh, year. Oh, really? That was yeah. Okay. That was a lot. But and that was in su- summer as well. Yeah, and that was round trip. 
Okay. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, what can you do though? You know, that's the the bummer yeah. is you're at the you're at the mercy of the airlines. You know what yeah. they charge is what you got to pay if you want to travel. True. That's true. And you have to also might want to go go down to the gym for a couple of weeks before you go, just in case you need to hold someone down that's trying to open the door. I guess so. I got to work on some. I think about that all the time when I'm on movements the plane. To, I think about that all the time when I'm on the plane where it's like, this door is just opened. Like, this is, there's nothing stopping this door from being opened mid-flight. The only thing that's stopping people is, like, conscious and morals and, you know, uh, wanting to survive and just basic human instinct. There's nothing more stopping this. Right. Um, also, I'm surprised he wasn't able to do it. I mean, I guess, like, I feel like he, I mean, clearly he I probably wasn't thinking rationally. I don't know how hard it is to open those doors. I'm yeah, sure they probably steps? have a, Right. There's definitely, there's definitely more than one step. Right. <laughs> I accidentally opened the door on the freeway once when I was a kid. Uh, oh, but not just all the car. way. Okay. Yeah, just in the car, not on an airplane. On the freeway, I said. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear. I, but um, my sister was, I'm pretty sure she was doing this on purpose, but she was saying it's impossible to open the door while you're like driving down the, fr- like while you're driving. And I'm like, you definitely can. And she's like, no, you can't. And my stupid child was like, see? And, but it, it only got to the point where it kind of like, you know, like the, where you don't close the door all the way point. Right. And then, uh, you know, my parents got angry for obvious reasons. That's this fair. episode, by the way, is about um, being an ally. And uh, I just want to bring up real quick at the top of the show something. Uh, uh, the opposite of being an ally. This, this happened in, in the news recently. And uh, I found it to be a perfect example of what <laughs> not to be an ally. Uh, so did you hear that Florida, one of the greatest... I don't know why you said it like that, but yeah, what about Florida? Florida? I feel like that's how Southern people might Flo-rida? say. Florida, yeah, that Florida that uh, Ron DeSantis um, put into he signed some bill uh, banning the teaching of critical race theory. Did you really? hear about that? I yeah. did not hear about. Are you that. familiar with critical race theory, Chad? <sighs> to be honest, not really. I mean, I've heard the term; it's been tossed around a lot in the media. Um, but I would not say that I am informed whatsoever on like critical race theory, what it is, what it means, all that stuff. I don't I, listen. I don't. I don't come here p- claiming to be a pro either. The only reason I even have a rudimentary understanding of it is because I happened. Uh, you, you were you were talking about in. Uh, in uh, Albion College, you took some class. Oh, geez, I don't remember what it was now. Anyway, the only reason I really know what it was is because I took an ethnic studies, like a big introduction to ethnic studies class in college. That was at, it's almost a requirement. You know, I had no problem taking it. I wasn't doing it out of spite or anything, but it was a requirement. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that was taught to us. So, like, I almost stumbled upon it. I don't claim to be, I wouldn't have known about it if it weren't for that. Uh, and I never, I, until recently, I, I never heard it really in conversation until since then, so I don't blame people for not knowing what it is. But what it is is just the ac- academic movement of teaching civil rights uh, scholars and activists in the United States who seek to uh, critically examine the law as it intersects with issues of race and to challenge mainstream liberal approaches to radical justice. So what it is essentially is just ensuring that history is being taught properly you know and that we're not sort of doing what we've done for since the united states has been in existence of just sort of skating around uh slavery and in the in the reality of how a lot of um 
a lot of America came to be and how a, a lot of our laws came to be. Genocide so of Native just, Americans as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. So what it just is is just is just intertwine, inter- intertwining the uh, how um, into into our history uh, what's been missing for years the how race is involved in a lot of decisions and actions that were taken in history and currently so it's essentially just acknowledging the race aspect of a lot of what happened in our history which we generally history is explained but they sort of skirt around a lot of the as you yeah slavery and genocide that was uh necessary for america to be what it is today one thing uh, too jared i wish we would talk about more in classes is just just all the warmongering we have in the United States, you know, mm-hmm. since we have been alive, Jared, and I hate to say this, but I'll be hitting my 30s this year. Since we've been alive, we've been at war or had some type of military conflict since we have been I around. Will, I will say that's true. I never they never teach. They never I, I did, though. I feel like I did in high school learn about the military industrial complex. I remember learning that. One of the big factors that really uh, was beneficial in the U.S. getting out of the depression that started at the end of the uh, at the end of the twenties, beginning of the thirties, the Great Depression. One of the big accelerators that got us out of that was World War II, right? And uh, and just how. how how we just demand was shifted to we just had like a, a, a extreme demand for for you know things related to war that that we hadn't really had in 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 any you know recent history at the time and that really accelerated our economic boom was just the expansion of factories to fight a war uh and but i think that that not i think but that that's still that mentality sort of i, I think not i once again i keep saying i think Fuels. I, I feel like I hear my parents in my head being like, "Do you think, or do you actually mean that?" Is it fuels <laughs> a lot of current good advice too. though. The 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 need to to propel industry in general, and and now there are these industries that have been sort of established from these war early wars that are like, "Well, this is how we made our money," and if you see our charts, this is how we make the most money is when we have wars to provide stuff to. Yep. So. Anyway, let's talk about critical race theory. We're talking about being allies. On Thursday, Florida State Board of Education voted unanimously at the behest of Republican Governor Ron DeSantis to ban lessons that employ critical race theory or the New York Times 1619 Project from schools. The vote aligns with initiatives in several other states, such as Idaho, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Iowa. Florida amendments, uh, Florida's amendment takes an existing rule saying instruction may not suppress or distort significant historical events such as the Holocaust and add slavery in the Civil War and Reconstruction, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, and the contribution of women, African American, and Hispanic people to our country. The new language continues. Sorry, did you, did you get that? I feel like I have to read. Florida, Florida's amendment takes an existing rule saying instruction may not suppress or distort significant uh historical historical events such as so they're saying that you can't talk about critical race theory but you're also not allowed to downplay these major historical events i think is what they're they're saying examples of theories such as theories that distort historical events and are inconsistent with state board approved standards include the denial or minimization of the holocaust and teaching 
of critical race theory, meaning the theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice, but the racism that racism is embedded in American society and its illegal and its legal systems in order to uphold the supremacy of white persons. Instructions may not utilize material from the 1619 Project. Damn, that's crazy, dude. That's weird. That's that's they're a essentially shame, saying that it's illegal to teach people that race played a role in the founding of America, which would be, th- that's the most ignorant thing to say it would have. That's it's one like, of the most asinine assumptions, I would say. It started with bringing, the whole construction of this country was built on the idea that, all right, this will really work if we have slaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do this. Built on the back of slave like, that's labor. That's how it started, and then, and then it just continued where it's like, all right, we're going to do this slave thing for hundreds of years. All right, we can't do that anymore, but we still have laws where keep the black people away from yep. us, and the black people don't have rights. We just... Uh, and and now we'll find other ways to enslave them through well, well, I don't Jared, know prison or something. It's not even just black people. I mean, they sure. had you know That's they had discrimin- discriminatory laws against Asian Americans. You know, That's true. That's um, true. Even the Irish, way way back in the day, were treated like shit. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not I mean, trying to. As you mentioned before, Native Americans as, as yep. well. Yep. It's like that. This like yeah, this is ours now. When we're just gonna pretend like we found this and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, and we'll Jared, give you a if, tiny bit of land and say, all right, we're good, and then still continue to yeah. No, you're I'm, right. I'm, you're right. I'm sorry, but if you if you really can't see the relation between racism and how our country was formed and founded, um, that's willful ignorance. Yeah, you might be missing a couple light bulbs in the light bulb package, maybe. No, but. they're not. They know exactly. <laughs> I, these people know exactly what they're doing. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they. I think they think this is dangerous because they're afraid uh, of what uh, of of the not of the knowledge. You know, I, I don't think. I don't think this is a matter of them being dumb. I think. They, they, well, I no, think no, they no. Know I'm they, saying the people who f- follow and believe in this stuff blindly. Oh, I see. Are, I see. are dumb. No, I agree with you. I think the politicians who. Oh, for sure. They. They. Of course, they have an agenda. Like that's the thing. Like when people would say that Trump was dumb, I'm like, look, the dude sounds like an idiot when he talks, but yeah. I don't think he was ever dumb. Made a lot of stupid business decisions as I well, think, but I think it was both. I think it, he's dumb in the sense that he's not very uh he's not very like I don't think he's very calculated, but I think Definitely he also not. but I think he knows what he's doing. Let, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like like I I I think I, I don't think he's He's as as I think I don't think he's smart enough to to if he was smart, I think he could have done a lot more damage, you know, if he mm-hmm. were to not talk so much and not get himself in a lot of unnecessary like trouble that is legitimate stuff that he should be in trouble for. But he's getting himself into the trouble. I feel like he is dumb and he doesn't really think that far ahead. But I think he also knows what he's doing. He's not mm-hmm. just He's not ignorant to what he's doing, even though he's very he's not very tactful. <laughs> right. And I do think he does understand how whatever he will do or say, like what some somewhat what the effects will have. You know, yeah, I'm not how saying to how to get people on his side. Yep. And what his what these people on his side want to hear. Right. Which is a lot of racist stuff, apparently. Yeah. Well, a- anyways, Jared, let's let's move on. I told you I have quite a few shout outs today. 
And I do want to, I would say, uh, um, a thumbs down to Florida for, for that. Yeah, but, don't uh, spread a little love there. Yeah. Um, but, or maybe they need some extra <laughs> yeah, love that's down true. there. That's true. <laughs> but my they're, first right shout now out. They're, uh, slipping on gator piss. No kidding. No there's kidding. There's a lot of gator piss down there. That is true. <laughs> and they're slipping all over it, Jared. Uh, so my first shout out today, Jared, this is a great story. We've told similar stories like this uh, on the pod, but it you love to hear it. Uh, this one comes out of Ghana. Ghana plants 5 million trees in a single day to combat deforestation. Ghana million, aimed, you said? 5 million. Whoa. Ghana aimed to plant at least 5 million trees in a single day on Friday to help regrow the country's lost forests and curb the impacts of climate change, uh, I wonder the president if said. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's easy to get 5 million, like, trees because uh, it's not seeds they're not it's not the seeds they're probably Dude, well it, like the little saplings small right? little yeah the saplings like the little mm-hmm. thing that they have like wrapped up that you plant i wonder how i wonder if it's easy t- to get five million of those and it's just a matter of the money or like how do you i mean obviously you don't know i don't expect you to know you, you have I, I imagine you haven't bought trees in a uh in million by the million before Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. I know it's I just, hard to believe, Jared, as much as I love nature. This is just me wondering out loud. I wonder how, how you know, we, we talk about this all the time and it sounds great. So I can but answer I this wonder, question, like, actually, Jared. Is it bad for the environment to even get these trees? Like, it's like, well, what do, how do we do this? So this is actually what happened, Jared. More than 7 million seedlings. Now, would you mind, uh, while okay. I read this, would you mind Googling, I'm pretty sure a seedling, is that like one of the little, little small trees, or is that just the seed? What's a seedling? Um, but right here, so more than 7 million seedlings were distributed to Ghanaian parks, schools, and mm-hmm. businesses ahead of the day's events, according to um, the ministry in Ghana. So it's like a, it's like a... Six to twelve inches are sold in units. Oh, this is how you could buy in bulk. It's a, it's almost like a, a piece. It's not it's not what we were thinking. Where it's like you know you get the little like the burlap sack of bag right. underneath. It's almost like just like um like a little leaf or like a little no like what, what I'm looking at are speci- probably not the trees they're talking about. But they're evergreen trees. So imagine mm-hmm. like a branch of an evergreen tree, but with like a proper amount of roots coming off the, off of it. I see. So it looks okay. like an, like a, that's what it looks like. So, but obviously, I imagine this is not an evergreen tree. Is probably not the kind of tree that's conducive to that African climate. Probably not. Um, I'm I'm no ar- But that's just the first arbologist. But but it is it is small smaller than what we were thinking. But this is what's what this we is what's thinking. cool but about this though, Jared. I still do like it. Right. I guess. Here's what's cool about this story as well, Jared is that uh, planting kits were handed out at shopping malls in major cities. Participants chose from a selection of uh, fruit, mm. crop, or ornamental trees. So so you got to choose which trees you oh, planted. Oh, so it's not really even, theoretically, it's not a loss of money. It's a program that they're, that they're doing to get trees into people's hands, but they have to buy them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's not bad. I don't know what's yeah. wrong with that. Well, and, and the, the funny thing about trees, though, Jared, is especially if it's, a, if it's a fruit tree or a crop tree, eventually that tree can make you some money. You know, yeah, it, won't be, sure. it won't be a quick, you know, kind of quick money deal, but generational over wealth. time. But see, here's the thing is I think, and this is one thing that unfortunately I would, I, 
I really, it seems like the U.S. we lack this skill, which is long-term thinking. I will, mm. I will give China some props there. I feel like the Chinese government and China, they're all about that long game. In America, mm-hmm. we like that quick, instant gratification. Speaking of which, did you hear that they now allowed three kids in China yeah. to, the, to a household? I had a student ask me that last week in class. They asked me, they said, uh, Mr. B, is, uh, is there a three-child policy in America? And, and uh, I tried not <laughs> to laugh because I was yeah. like, this is America. You can't tell me how many children I have. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah. Are they ex- did, did did your you talked about your to your students about the three child thing? I mean, well, they just asked me if it's a thing in the states. And I is told that them like it's a, not. Is that like a uh, like a net positive for them over there? Do you know? To, what do you mean? What do you mean by net positive? Like like do, do, does the population seem generally? I don't know if you have this information, but like to, to is it good news to hear that? Oh, now we can have three kids. It's good instead. news. Yeah. Oh, they That's, love okay. they love babies and they love families in China. So yes, it's okay. very good. So news. so you think that people will. Fully take advantage of this. Well, here, here's the other issue, Jared. Um, there is so a, interesting. There is a huge generation of men in China who um, will never, will never, or unless they marry someone like 15 years younger than them, they mm-hmm. they could never have a partner because when they were when China was under that one child policy, unfortunately, a lot of families, oh, yeah. if they had a baby girl. Um, they would uh, get rid of it, and uh, and if they had a boy, they would keep it. And so what that means is you have this complete imbalance of population, which I find fascinating because in traditional Chinese culture, balance is a key, 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 key thing mm-hmm. um, to have a harmonious society. And if you talk to anyone from China, um, you know they'll mention harmony or having a harmonious society. Like I heard this term. Hundreds of times while I was over there. A harmonious so. society of men. Ex- uh, well, I think a harmonious <laughs> society, Jared, needs happy men and women. Um, but anyways, but yeah, so shout out to Ghana. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I do have another shout out, Jared. Have you, uh, have you heard what a big event is happening now until July? People are very excited about it. You always ask me, what, it's probably some, something happened in Liechtenstein or something? Uh, well, not there, okay. but elsewhere in Europe. Uh, the French Grand Prix is next week. I did not know that. That's not okay. what I was going for. The Euro Cup, Euro twenty twenty, oh, is yes, now happening yes, this summer. Yes, yes. and that have is you heard the news? Did you hear what happened? Uh, I did see that. That was I didn't see it, but I heard about that. That's so wild. I was with Ericsson. Yes. Yeah, so so let me paint the picture for our listeners out here. So I was camping, Please. not watching any of the soccer games. I actually forgot this weekend was the first weekend for the matches to start, and mm-hmm. I got a text message from my German buddy saying. Hey, did you see what happened during the Denmark match? And I'm like, no, what happened during the Denmark match? And he said, Ericsson, who's a who's a well-known forward, he pl- he used to play for Tottenham. Now I think he plays for um, Inter Milan. I think um, so. You know, really in g- great shape. Uh, I don't think he's that old. I think he's maybe in his late twenties or his thirties. And uh, he he 29. collapsed on the field. And uh, and I had I had just an inkling, Jared, that it might have been heart related because there have been high school and college athletes in the U.S. basketball players and football players that I've read about in the news who have collapsed during sporting events, and a lot of times it's due to cardiac arrest, which which they they then had to I guess actually a player on the Denmark team started CPR, um, and then the team actually formed a wall around him while the uh, paramedics were taking care of him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was uh, I. I didn't watch the game, but I, I kind of have heard about it since and have been reading about it. Yeah. And it's really just amazing how quickly the Denmark team reacted. 
if uh, if Erickson's teammates maybe wouldn't have reacted as quickly as they would have, who knows what would have happened. They had to use a defibrillator and they resuscitated him. And thankfully, he is alive now. Um, but it really was a great display of just the team's action. Uh, one of the teammates went to console Erickson's girlfriend or his wife. Um, another one was dealing. With, so they were all doing different things, but they were all um, doing this to help Erickson. And, and thankfully, he he is OK. I guess the, the news is, you know, he's alive. So that's great news. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him and the uh, just the Danish football team for their class act. And it, it was, you know, they if they wouldn't have reacted so quickly, who knows? Um, and I will say, though, Jared, they they um, they initially canceled the match, but then they restarted it like an hour and a half later. And Finland ended up winning one uh, nothing. But I got to yeah. say, that's got to feel like such a hollow win. You know what I mean? After a serious yeah. event like that, events like that make you realize even though we love football or soccer and it's a great game, uh, there is more to life. It's just a game at the end of the day. People's mm-hmm. lives are much more important. Um, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. That It reminds me of last year in Formula One when uh, Grosjean crashed in uh, Bahrain and his car exploded and, like, ripped in half and he was stuck in his car for, like, 20-something seconds. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that was, you know, obviously that was wild enough. People, you know, people didn't know whether he was alive or not for a bit, but then to continue, you know, they clean everything up and, and, you know, then 45 minutes, an hour later, they're like, all right, go back out there and (laughs) keep, keep playing, keep racing. And, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, but yeah, of course it's, it's great to see that it's scary that you know he's 29 which is how old you are and i'm about to be and and to suffer a, a heart attack you know and he's a professional athlete so he right. you know has he's in a lot better shape than both oh, of yeah. us yeah eats a lot better exercises yeah. more frequently yeah for sure he's just way more aware of what what's going on with his health right. than we are in general right <laughs> right you know what's funny though jared it's weird it's weird how that works like like i i knew someone from high school uh, their mom was in uh, great shape, ate really healthy, died at like forty something of lung cancer, and yeah. then like a buddy, a buddy of mine, his grandpa who like smoked and drank like a fish and mm. ate like shit all of his life, lived to be like almost a hundred. Like, how does that, that work? You know, that's why I also kind of find it ridiculous. These people are like, you know, if you just stay in shape, then COVID, then you know, you don't have to worry about COVID. Where it's like, yeah, maybe being in sh- like in a certain level of of health is is it more helps. beneficial for your immune right. system. But just sim- oversimplifying it to like, if you're in if you're in shape, you don't have to worry about COVID. It's like, no, people in shape can still have severe like it's not that simple your immune system is not that simple or just like how your body reacts to things is not it's not that simple you know and so it's it's it just shows that that you know stuff happens and um it's scary it's scary life life is fragile jared i think we a lot of people we we tend to take it for granted and this kind of event just goes to show as someone that lives alone, I think about that sometimes. You know, I've lived alone for most of my post-college life, and uh, and I think about that from time to time. Where it's like I could pass out right here in this kitchen, and who, who's gonna no no one would know for days. You know, right. well, would, I, I sadly even... probably be my coworkers that would be the first people to be like, "Where's Jared?" Right. Uh, well, I I have kind of similar 
similar fear even just being here with my parents and if my dad were to have you know any accident like and we were not nearby and didn't hear him yeah um, yeah so anyways though jared i think uh let's let's talk about something a little bit more positive i think you know what time it is i chat for us i thought it might be i don't know what i thought but i brought some uh critical race theory terms oh, from Here a glossary <laughs> okay and i wanted to uh, give some of them to you i don't know them all either by the way just okay. so you know but um here's a popular one this is one with well, here are two popular ones anti-black i mean you know what that is i'd imagine well anti i'm assuming anti-black just means that you're racist and you don't like black people Yes. Do you know what? Um, have you heard the term? The term anti-racist is obviously you can understand what it means, but it's very popular these, these is days. Is an anti-racist someone who believes that racism doesn't exist? I'm assuming. No, that's not no. what it is. Okay. Anti-racist denier. That's just a racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anti-racism is. Um, I don't know if it's new or, or what. I learned about it from... Remember that big-ass book I was reading? Mm-hmm. Um, oh shoot, now I can't even remember what it was called. I can bring it up. I think it had anti-racism in the title. Um, but anyway, I was reading this book that was essentially about... Um, Oh, yeah. So, so I was reading Stan from the beginning, which was just talking about how um, essentially how uh, racism and races uh, built into the founding of America, which is illegal to teach in Florida. But he has another book that's called uh, Our how podcast to be a- will be banned in Florida after this episode. Jared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be so that would be something. Uh, but then he also has a book that came out after that that's called How to Be an Anti-Racist. Mm-hmm. And, what is, and what his point is, I haven't read the book, but I, I, I think I understand the point. What the point is, is you can't merely not be racist. That's not enough. You have to actively be an anti-racist. Like I being, see. Okay. Like essentially... Being against racism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the, if, if you're indifferent to it, then you're, you're to racist. a certain extent, you're kind of racist. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you don't, it doesn't bother you. You don't care. You're okay with the systems in place, and you don't see any problem with it. So even though you may, you're not the worst racist. You're still what you're essentially the only way you. You're either racist or anti-racist is what I, the premise is. Well, it goes back to that quote of, if you, um, if even if the oppressors aren't oppressing you, you being silent and not siding with the. Pre- with the uh, oppressors you're still siding with them you know what i right. mean even if you silence are silence is violence i believe it, i said recently yep, yep. i see that on, on in people's yards every now and mm-hmm. again you don't but i do <laughs> <laughs> i just see trump flags and other shit like that unfortunately bible bible quotes right <laughs> it's like how am i supposed to read this while i'm going or, 50 or down advertisements the road? to church i've seen plenty of those you know yeah do you need um, jesus have you heard the term assimilationist I, th- I I've heard it. Let me see if I can try to define it. I think an assimilationist isn't that someone who just wants people of all races to like live together and be together, or is that too lofty or hippy dippy? No, that's not it. Um, it's more racist than that. Okay, we've actually discussed a term a couple times on this podcast recently uh, um, that plays into this idea of assimilationist. Does that mean that uh, non non whites need to assimilate to whites and live by their standards? Yes, yes. What term have we talked about over the past couple pod, pods that that would relate to that? White supremacy. 
uh, politics, respect, respectability politics. Oh, that's right. Okay. This idea of you have to wear these clothes, pull your pants up, wear your hair like this, right. and then you'll be ex- accepted in, uh, in, in society. Which and is so just like, bullshit. This is what society. This is what society, which is you know white people essentially, deem to be okay on how you present yourself, <clears throat> or how you should uh, l- you know just talk. Live, li- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if and so it's like, oh, I'm not racist. Uh, it's like you're not racist. It's just you're you're the problem because you're not assimilating. You know, you need to you need to act right, quote unquote. And and also, can I can I just send out a quick PSA to all to all my white folks out there. Um, y'all need to stop being so damn judgmental about how other people live their lives. I just don't get why so many white people are so concerned about how other people talk, how they want to dress, how they want to style or wear mm. their hair. Um, Speaking I just of don't that, get it. Mm-hmm. I have actually an untranslatable for you related to, I would oh, say, critical race theory. This is a bold statement. Okay. Some professors are going to come after me and be like, you can't say these things. But... This is an untranslatable. I hear it all the time on on social media and podcasts and stuff. And it's uh, cockdacity. What? Cockdacity. What does that mean? Oh, you, oh wait, no wait, guess? wait. I got it. It's it's the audacity of white folks, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Where it's almost like, no, it's almost like, it's yeah, exactly. It's like only yeah. it's like it's like those sort those news stories where you can sort of guess where it's like we we, we you know it's like the the boldness or even like a Karen you know the right. the 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 cogacity to or, or like a like a Amy Cooper the woman in Central Park who called the cops on uh, on the the dude that was bird watching because he asked right. her to uh, put her dog on his on her leash which she was supposed to do anyway. And and the cogacity to then be like, I'm going to call the cops on you and say you were harassing me. Um, that's cogacity. That's a fun term that um, that I uh, hear on um, on social media from time to time. Let's see. Let's let's here. Here's another one. Uh, decolonization. I honestly don't really know the answer to this one. Obviously, so, I know well, what colonization is. Well, so but. so well, decolonization would just mean, uh, or at least from my understanding of it, would mean uh, basically. Um, recognizing all of the like imperialistic or you know colonization type of things in our society and uh, being aware of them and so like one thing we talk about quite a bit at my work is this idea of like decolonizing your syllabus or decolonizing your classroom which means which means it basically means honestly that your 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 readings your work is not you know euro american white centric right so you have uh, some minority um, readings you have some uh, you know people of color people from different countries uh, are there certain so, yeah. words or terms they tell you to avoid to decolonize your language you probably, haven't had that training session pro- yet probably but i haven't gotten that <laughs> training session yet jared no you're right by the way i've never i've I, I mean i've heard the term obviously but i've never really contextualized it and what it means in society let, today let me give but you an you, example of this jared right. Let me give you an example of this. Um, so I was talking to a coworker of mine, and uh, and I don't even think this was at our university. I think this was uh, she had met with faculty when she was working somewhere else, and mm-hmm. uh, and they were teaching a class on um, like interculturality and um, or multi some something like that, something along those lines, and all of their authors intersectionality. In- I don't know what it, what the title okay. of the course was, but all of their authors were white people, and so my coworker, uh, my coworker was like, "Have you ever considered maybe not having only white 
people as your as your authors and your readings in your course and they and they were like oh that's actually a great idea you know it was like <laughs> this person it, it just blew, blew, blew my mind, their mind. yeah well, blew, <laughs> blew my their mind. mind just yeah They're like that holy too. huh it's an interesting idea i never even considered that right. speaking of which though i just brought up a great uh critical race theory term this i learned in my class shout out to dominic quinney at albion college our liberal uh school intersectionality have you have you heard of that term before I've I've heard that term thrown out thrown around Jared so many times but I I don't what does it actually mean Okay so intersectionality is the idea that um that I, 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 there's the definition here. I'll read it after I butcher the definition. Okay. Let me just try to get it out <laughs> in my good. words first. Sounds good. Um, it's the idea that um, people are made up of multiple identities, and it's impossible to um, to uh, to explain someone's existence based off of one identity. So if you're a if you're a, a black woman, it's impossible to, to define this person as a black person because she also has the experience of a woman and a, and and these two identities uh overlap each other and 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 bring up about a whole separate group of problems or or oppression or whatever or or, or things to handle than a black man would have to deal with because the man aspect of it adds a level of um uh what's the what's the term a level of um what's the term uh, you hate that yeah, i feel um Com- what level of uh, complexity or what being a man what when you're a man a white man what are they they're they're a level of um privilege being huh. about being a man adds a level of privilege that uh where where like a black man can't understand what it like uh like the experience of a black woman mm-hmm. uh just just you know it, because it's not just being black or it's not just being a woman it's those right. two together for example and obviously you could do that with any sort of uh you know being maybe being you know uh gay and being uh uh, uh i don't know chinese or something you know uh right. like there's the intersection of of the asian culture that you have to deal with versus also the you know dealing with being a, you know just all the you know I'll, See that's that's the thing I've never understood when more like conservative folks out there are very you know oh well, there's there's only boys and there's only girls it's not that complicated it's like well humans were actually really complicated you yeah. know but at the end of the day and our identities as well are very complicated it's not it's you know even though I'm a white man you know there's different parts of my identity that you know might be different from you know other white people mm-hmm. um you know, and so, so yeah, I think uh, intersectionality is important. I think it it gives us a, a bigger picture of people, right? And and I do think that one of the things that we do just kind of naturally as humans is we tend to try to categorize things and put things in boxes. Right. But to some extent, well, that we also does us a, it. right. It does us mm-hmm. a disservice, exactly, Jaron. Yeah, um, these have been great terms. Can I give you a couple untranslatables sure. as well? Some foreign sure. language ones. Why not? Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to give you a few of these. I this these were uh, kind of funny. So here we go. The first one is uh, Brazilian Portuguese, pisar na bola, which means stepping on the ball. Oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, stepping on the ball. Well, that means to like really is that put your foot in your mouth to say something stupid. I'll give it or to like, you. Or like, or almost like stepping on a rake, you know, where it's like you just oh, like, I like really that. make a fool of yourself. Or step, yeah, yeah. I, I imagine someone on Legos. <laughs> I imagine like a 
like a Mario Kart situation with a banana where you step on the ball and you just like flip backwards and like, what an idiot. I can't believe you just did that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so you this said, one. You said kind of though. What is it actually? How am it I actually means to make a mess of things. So the literal translation ah, okay. so of this so put is your foot in your mouth ball. Is, is fair, I would say. That's what I said. That's why I said okay. kind of because I okay. think it's I think it's pretty close. Uh, uh, so this phrase, Jared. So literal translation, as I said, stepping on the ball, and it is used to express disappointment in someone's performance. If someone says this, they are saying that the person they are referring to messed up or let them down, which mm. kind of makes sense, Jared, because you know you know how much they love soccer or football in Brazil. Yeah. I just picture someone stepping on a soccer ball and falling over and like losing the game or something. Dude, you know, when I lived in Germany. There was a moment where um, we were playing one of our biggest rivals, and this decided where we whether we were like the first or third place, essentially something like mm-hmm. that. And I got a ball wide open to me in the middle, wide open. The the goalie was out of place, and I kicked it over the net. And, oh no! Uh, <laughs> and that was essentially me stepping on the ball. And honestly, I think I'm, I think it threw off my game mm-hmm. for the next couple of years. I think I played a lot more conservatively after that for a while, and. Uh, until my mom was finally like, you have to get, you have to shake that. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's right. She's right. Let me give you one last one. This one is uh, Spanish. It is no saber ni papa uh, ni I think uh, ni papa de algo. Okay, papa is something like father or dad or whatever. Potato. Oh, okay. So maybe I said the accent wrong there. Um, not papa? knowing, not <laughs> no, knowing that's... a potato about something. Oh, it's just being clueless. What would we say in English? I don't know my... Something for my asshole? Isn't it something to do with not knowing my... Oh, yeah, what is that one? You're right. <laughs> I mean, that's a more vulgar way to say don't it. Don't yeah. know my... Not knowing... Wasn't it like not knowing from like my... hole in the ground to your... No, I don't remember. What is it? What's the phrase? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know my ass from my elbow. That's what it is. Oh, I think I, I think I've heard another one. Not knowing your asshole from a hole in the ground or okay. something like that. I but, was thinking of the ass from the elbow. Gotcha. Okay, but yeah. So this one, uh, not knowing a potato about something. Okay. So to be uh, the the phrase I was looking for though, Jared was clueless. Ah, I see. Like, I see. Or, or, or sorry, no, no, not clueless. Say, you, said clueless. you said clueless. You said clueless. The phrase I was thinking of, uh, thinking of, was uh, to not have a clue about something. Like, oh, I don't I have see. a clue. Is I guess what we would say. But I do think this phrase, Jared, kind of leads us into our topic today because we are hoping uh, to uh, teach some people or give some tips on how to I'm, be a better ally. And if no, you don't Chad, know a potato you, you can't about put that something, on yourself. we're not here to teach people things. Yeah, we I are. hate that. Le- uh, okay, you we are one hundred. How many untranslatables have you learned over the time that we've done this podcast? How many? I've learned so many random. We've taught ourselves in- things. That's teaching ourselves. I hate. I I, I just get so I've, nervous to uh, claim to be like right. we're gonna be some sort of spot where people should come to learn uh to learn like about being an ally that's speak a, f- speak for yourself dude i'm i'm right. sticking with it i'm standing Chad, by it so, <laughs> yeah, so come to we me i guess if you want to learn something <laughs> come to jared if you don't want to learn stuff i guess I don't know. i'm not saying you i'm not saying if you don't i just i just don't want to claim to be like like here i'm, I'm here to teach you would it would it be better if I phrase it as some tips or recommendations, Jared? We're going to talk. You happy? We're going to talk about what <laughs> I, I would just prefer if you said we're going to talk about what it means to be an ally. That's what I feel comfortable. All right, let's with. let's talk I about it, Jared. Are going to talk about it. Um, and if you learn something, then I, I guess good for you. But uh, you still do some research, <laughs> just in case. That, well, that's step <laughs> that's number why one, I'm Jared. So nervous because I'm like, that's, listen, 
That is step number one, though, Jared, I would say, about what it means to be an ally. I, I really don't, I don't think you can be an ally without doing a little bit of research and informing yourself about different I subjects. I agree with you, but I don't think that's step number one. Okay, what would I think step, step number, number one, one is acknowledging. You have to acknowledge oh, okay. that there is any level of uh, like there's any level of injustice, that there's anything to worth like sort of uh, correcting or fighting for. I think acknowledging is before education because I think a lot of people feel you know they know about World War One. They think that you know they know about uh, you know oh it was it was just uh, for economic reasons for states' rights. You know it's I, I think you have to want to believe that there are injustices and oppression and then levels of oppression still happening in society. I mm-hmm. think that's even before wanting to educate yourself. And also a lot the- of people I think do know that even including me, I know, but I don't think I educate myself as much as I could on, on all sorts of topics, including something that's close to home. Like, you know, the history of, of black people in America. Like there's a lot of educating I can do for myself on that, you know? Right. Right. Well, the, the, the thing about that as well, though, too, is our public school system does not do folks any any services, I yeah. would say, really, about, I think, I think really the time I mean, apparently I learned, some states are doing the exact opposite, trying right. to com- stop it from happening. Right. Yeah. If you want to learn how to not be an ally, just check out what Florida has been up to, and that yeah, might help you. <laughs> raise your kids in Florida. Right. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, awareness is a really important thing. Um, and I also think this idea of, and this idea generally comes from white folks, uh, this idea that color doesn't exist, it's its complete BS. I mean... Oh, I'm colorblind, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I just think people who say shit like that, first of all, you have to... people say that to me thinking they're, like, complimenting me. No, like, see... Ignorance as... And youth ignorance... I mean, I'm going to chalk it up to youth ignorance, but ignorance for sure people think they're like complimenting me i I forget you're black and i was like i don't forget i'm black (laughs) right see to me that's also one it's kind of a cop-out because if you say something like that then it's kind of a cop-out like oh i don't need to talk about these issues or inform myself because i don't see color you know it's yeah it's a disregarding someone's reality and their experience yeah. You're like, your experience doesn't matter to me. It's like, oh, it matters to me. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, you make it seem like it's no big deal. And I'm doing you a favor by pretending that none of that exists and we're just all humans. Uh, yeah. That, that was, a, I think that was huge. What, in like the 80s and 90s, the sort of idea of like, we're all the same, you know, the I don't see color. And, and I think it started from a good place. Um, I, I, I do think it started from a good place, but I do think it, there's a lot of, it, it, it also started from a not wanting to admit the realities of society. And it's almost like, let's start over, you know, forget the past. Those people were living in a world where race exists. Race doesn't exist. We're all one, we're all one race. And it's like, you can, no, because now we're disregarding uh, history around the world right. and how we even got to where we are right now, where we have to pretend that race doesn't exist to make you right. feel better. And I, I hate to admit this, Jared, but, um, naive and stupid 18 year old college chad uh i i will never forget this i forget what it was for but it was something something at albion and i remember we were all in a in a room and we were talking about race and racism and and me being so naive and being a stupid you know 18 year old white kid from college go easy um, i said kind of the same thing where i was like well you know i was like well why why is it that you know we have to you know put up all of these different 
you know, just like all these labels. different labels, exactly, and all this, Man. all these different things. But, but now as I've gotten older and have traveled a bit and talked to different people and mm-hmm. just seen more stuff and ha- just gained more life experience, I think you start to realize that a lot of these labels and things exist for a reason. You know, yeah, and there are a lot of laws and and just societal expectations put into place based off of these labels you know that that we right and 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 this idea of this idea of wanting to pretend like it doesn't exist is just a, a cop-out to not have to i think address uh the realities of history you know right right and Whether, i do think there are a lot of white people out there jared who unfortunately they because they're white they tend to just detach themselves because they they think, oh well, this will this will never happen to me, or and and I just mm-hmm. think it's like it's such a selfish mindset that's not going to get you anywhere. Do you consider yourself a, a an ally, Chad? Yeah, absolutely. What what is what is it? Did, did we ever say what it means to be an ally? Did we ever define that? Well, no, no, we haven't. I mean, we I should think probably do that. What I think it means to be an ally is to uh, to listen. To people of marginalized backgrounds and groups to offer um, offer support in any way. Um, I have donated to a couple different. Um, I know when was it? I think uh, I've donated to a couple different charity organizations through my work. Um, one was for the LGBTQ community. I forget the name of it. And another one was actually to. Um, I think it was like something about. Um, uh, helping um, black women in STEM fields as well. I, I made, it was only 10 bucks each. It wasn't a ton of money, but hey, every little bit helps. Uh, I think and another it, aspect of being an ally to Jared is uh, just, as I mentioned, being willing to listen, but also being willing to um, listen educate. to things. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, being able to listen to things that might make you uncomfortable and might make you question mm-hmm. your own identity and, and how you interact with others. I think a big part of that is not taking things personally. I feel like a lot of people's responses to the idea of like, of like, um, of like America is a racist country and America is built on racism is like, well, I know a lot of great white people. What are you talking about? It's like, it's like you, like this, as especially, you know, I personally, my job involves a lot of like uh, stats and uh and you know sample size and stuff and i and i've learned in my job that there is no benefit to giving your own personal experience so if you're saying like you know this sort of person does this this often and it's like oh i wasn't expecting that that's weird you know maybe you'll have that conversation there's no benefit to being like because i do it like this because it's like you're one person you know (laughs) and so um and and so and also another part of that to it's it's so it's like you saying that you don't believe that because you've seen good experiences means nothing, and and you see that a lot also with like um, with like the police and stuff you know it's like well I know a lot of great police officers where it's like well first of all, uh, how do you like you don't you don't you're not around them all the time and they're nice to you because you're friends with them or whatever or you have some sort of relation to them where it's like I see that I see that where people are like. Well, I know that that the that the police in general are good. You know, my brother is a police officer, and he's a great guy. So for them to say, for for people to say that like pol- all police officers are bad makes no sense to me. Where it's like that's not how. It's like first of all, he's your brother. So what he's got, he's not hemming you up in the streets, you know. <laughs> but it's like that. Like that's not how numbers work. Is giving your one person experience, even if you do 
are talking about your one police officer brother that is generally a good person and that's true it's like that's not how numbers work and so um i i think just acknowledging acknowledging reality is is hard for people i think you know i think the white guilt is is real you know and i think white guilt presents itself a lot of time in in um denial you know Mm -hmm. yeah sure Uh, another aspect to about being a good ally jared or not even maybe i shouldn't use the term good of just being an ally Mm -hmm. is um i mentioned support but i think uh it's important to mention different types of support right that could be financial like donating to different causes and another thing as you said you you talked about how it wasn't a lot from Mm -hmm. what they always say and i i believe it to be true it's not about how much you give i think more often than not it's about how many people give, not how mm-hmm. much you give. I think is generally so. Even though it's only ten dollars, the fact that money that money is being given is better than than nothing. Right. Uh, so yeah. So financial support would be one way you could support. Another way yeah. too is support through your voice. What I mean by this is through voting. Number one, if you're yes. in America, you know, use your rights to vote, and and yes. you know. Uh, but then another way you can also show your support as well, I think, is once again listening, educating yourself, proactively um, educating yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. like buy buy some books, r- look up essays or whatever. And, and oh, here's and another learn. way too. I mean, I mentioned financially supporting. Another way too, though, would be supporting uh, businesses. You know, if if you know oh, of yeah. any, you mm-hmm. know, black owned businesses or LGBTQ owned businesses or or what have you. You know, and it doesn't even you know it could be. Anything, and I think the key to being an ally, though, as well, Jared, is is if you're truly an ally, you can't discriminate. You know, you can't yeah. you can't be like, oh yeah, I love black people, but you know, but those but those Latina people, you know, like that's not <laughs> how this works. If you're going to be an ally, you got to be accepting of everybody. I yeah, I I listen to a podcast and uh, the the host Karen, she always talks about that, where it's like the these like they're they're bundled together. There's you can't be you can't be racist, but like not, but like not sexist. For example, like I, I like this person is super racist against these groups, but they're a strong feminist. It's like, like the these things overlap, which comes back to that intersectionality, where it's like mm-hmm. if you if you if you have it in your head to be like, oh, well, this group is okay, but this group isn't, then you're already playing it. Even if the yep. group that you're accepting is an oppressed group, you're already playing into these ideas, and it's like you're it's not as helpful as you as you think, you know? Because right. yeah, it's like you're you're missing because there are people that fall into the group you like and dislike, which is where mm-hmm. that intersectionality comes right. into play and i would say another thing just on top of that if you can't support um like it like there, there's one thing to support uh businesses owned by these uh you know oppressed groups but also support companies that aren't that either support those groups through what they do or don't act or, or you know there are some companies that we know of that actively uh uh support things that uh oppress groups Mm-hmm. You know, for like Chick Fil A, for example, yep. Yep. and um, you know, you you you're, you you can speak through your dollar. There, there's there's a lot of jokes that we see in in the Black Twitter community about like when, like for example, when uh, Colin Kaepernick was first started kneeling, and all the people that didn't like it, they would buy his jersey and, and just burn to burn it. it. Yeah, how stupid! <laughs> and can it's you like be? don't it's like 
And it's like, well, once you've bought it, you can do whatever you want to that. The the brand or company has already, they've already gotten their money. Nike, yeah, <laughs> Nike's laughing all the way to the bank for sure. Or, yeah, or it's like, or it's like, yeah, this cereal supports blah blah blah. I'm gonna buy twenty boxes and just pour it straight down the drain. And General Mills is like, well, thank you very much. Thank you, right. thank you for buying those boxes and pouring them down the drain. Can I can I mention one other important aspect of allyship though, Jared? Is I do think as as a white person, it does go both ways. You know, like I, I'm I am happy to listen, I'm happy to hear people's stories, but if all I hear is white people this, white people that, white people this the entire time, like yes, a lot of this is because of white people and a lot of it is because of, you know, racist policies that were put in place by white people. But if all you're doing is blaming white people for everything, I don't think that is conductive either. You know so what you I mean? Say, yeah, right. So you say it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. That you you mean you you have some complaints you'd like to share? Is what you're saying? Uh, well, no, I don't have because complaints. You're on... welcome to do it here. No, uh, okay. I don't have complaints <laughs> I'd like to share. Um, but uh, no, what what I mean is though is but if I, we, but, if but that's we really... the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, I I was just kidding. That's the th- that's the thing is there's this belief that that it's the the blaming of of white people where it's like. But there's no denying that, at least if we're talking about the United States, a lot of of how we've gotten here to where we are is white people are in charge and we need to keep it that way. And we see it even today with with, uh, voter suppression and and, and stuff like that and gerrymandering. Like, it's still an active thing today. So to – I understand how – how it could get uh, annoying to constantly hear that white people are at fault. But I think that that there are a lot of that there's a lot of validity to that. And that and that you don't like the 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 thing is not to take that personally, you know? You like you like to hear that and understand that white people is not you. It's not your mom or dad or whatever. White people is it's like it's an establishment. You know, this it's like it's it's a it's a movement that is is moving on regardless of you, regardless of how you treat people specifically, and and it's and and to hear that is is and to, and I think people take offense to that when it's like they don't understand what quote unquote whiteness even is, where mm-hmm. it's like it it it's it's like a you know it's like Superman or Spider Man what is it two or three where he had that black ooze all over him that he couldn't get rid of, you know? And it, like, followed him around, and it sort of conducted how his energy is, and it's like, you, and it's like it, it feels good. It's like, I, I almost, I know this is bad, but I can't fight it, and it feels good. That was a terrible analogy. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think that that what you're saying is giving in a little bit to that sort of defensiveness of being like, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm not doing this, you know? Like you can't say that I'm I'm at fault. Where it's like when someone says whiteness is at fault, that doesn't mean you're at fault. Right. What I what I'm trying to get at though is that you're you're not going to you're not going to bring other people to you know to the team to the cookout to the barbecue to whatever if you if all you're doing is you know blaming one group of people. That's yeah. all I'm saying is blaming one group of people. You know, if you want white people to be, you know, allies, if you're constantly, if, I mean, look, would you want to go support somebody if all they did was talk negatively about black people? Probably not, right? What, what are they saying? Well, I, I don't know. Mm. 
but I'm just saying, like that's if we want, if we really want to have strong allyships, I think but it's important. But there's no denying everyone outside of white people play a part in in this improvement of society and the sort of oh absolutely uh, c- combat against white supremacy. I'm not saying like by saying yeah, I, I hear you. What 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 do you think is the way to do it? How how do you think is the way to to get uh, white people to because I don't have an answer for sure. Because I think it's a fu- I think it's a futile. Uh, I, I think white supremacy is more powerful than anything that can be thrown at it, and I think that it'll continue on in perpetuity for us, for my my lifetime and lifetimes to come. Well, I think the reason why it is going to continue um, is because there are a lot of people out there who. Um, you know, like don't believe in things like critical race theory. And then there are, um, you know, there's also, I think once, once a group of people is in power, it's very hard for those but people to thing, give though. up power. Critical race theory is acknowledging that slavery, uh, played a major role in our history and mm-hmm. that a big part of slavery was how can we, the white people make sure that the black people stay in a in a subservient role for as long as possible, even once slavery was ended, that was still the goal. Right. So that's why I get that's why I get a little concerned when it when it's like, well, you can't blame white people for this. Where it's like, but what what is being said through critical race theory is that this very idea that white people are in control, like the only way this country worked from the beginning is that if white people are in control and that if uh, groups that aren't the white people at the beginning of time, primarily white men, but white women uh, obviously benefited from being white, um, but intersectionality, they're women, so they still had a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of uh, hurdles to overcome as well. I'm mm-hmm. not sure downplaying that, but I think it still comes back to this idea of whiteness, you know, and that that is what, that is what in general, I think, a lot of the fight in the U.S. is over, you know, it is. And, and so I understand what you're saying, but I think that that is the entire concept of, of, of what is happening culturally overall in the United States is this idea of white people have been in charge since the beginning and they really don't want to let it go. Right. So 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 I, I think that. So I think that you're almost contradicting yourself a little bit by saying, like, you can't blame white people for everything. Um, but also, white people can't take this idea of, 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 you know, this just idea that white supremacy exists as a personal affront to them, you know? Right. What, what I mean more so, Jared, is just when, if that is really the only thing that you are, like, if you're, the only thing you're arguing is it's all white people's fault. And th- that's what I'm trying to say here is, yes, a lot of this is rooted in racism, which was from whites, for sure. However, when if you, if you want to get more people to be an ally, I don't think just constantly saying it's white people's fault, it's white people's fault. Historically, of course it is. By no, by no means I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying here is that if you if you're blaming 
white people for everything, a lot of white people are just going to detach because they're like, you know, I what? Fine. what you're saying. That's all I'm trying to say here. I um, 100% so yeah. understand. But I, I would counter that by saying I don't think I don't think the terminology or how it's being phrased. I think a lot of things have been tried in history. I don't think it's the there have been many uh, movements in history about as about um uh uh i just we just talked about this term about um respectability politics that there were many huge movements in in black culture over history on saying hey if you put a suit on and you know wear your hair right or whatever conform to how the white people expect you to act then that's how we'll get ahead so i, I what i'm saying is i don't think that there is i think i don't think there's I don't think it's how you present it that's going to make the difference. I think that it's bigger than that, and I think that white supremacy wants to exist. I think it. I think <laughs> people want it to exist, and so it's not about how it's not about how you present it to people, you know. Well, and, and and it goes down to things that we've talked about in the past, where it's like these are my family members. I can't confront that my family member has racist views because. They're nice to me. I don't see, I've never heard them say anything, you know, like they, they, they're nice to me and they're, I've never seen them say anything racist. Or it's like, yeah, because you're their white family member. So you, so you, and so like, I just, I just think that, I don't know. I, I, I think I disagree a little bit with you is all I'm saying. I think that there's just, the, the, the white supremacy is so much more than just racist people. It's the people that are, are afraid to confront racism in general so i don't, right. I don't think terminology has anything to do with and it. it's difficult i've called out a couple family members of mine for saying some shit that was pretty well it wasn't that it was it was racist doesn't matter how racist it was or wasn't it was racist <laughs> and i called them out on it and uh and it was really awkward really uncomfortable one of my family members didn't talk to me um for the rest of the evening um so it's yeah. not easy and we're talking about race a lot and i know this is more than just race and I, and I guess I should say that, you know, as a black person, that this is the only, this is the way that I relate to the idea of being an ally the best. Sure. That's why, that's what I consistently go back to. I think that obviously this can, um, this, what we're saying can fall into a lot of categories. Actually, Definitely. I found a list. Uh, I thought you would love this. A list that was uh, titled by on BuzzFeed. Great publication. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 11 simple things men can do for feminism. So essentially what men can do to be an allies for feminists. Do you consider yourself an ally to the to feminists, Chad? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I read through this list and I thought, you know, this applies to just being an ally to whatever group you know you could yeah, you could sure you could i was reading this and i was like you can insert this into to any group so makes makes sense i mean i think being an ally jared is probably similar things regardless of the group but let's hear this yeah. list be don't be an activist in the streets and a sexist in the sheets you know what i thought of when i heard this do you, do you understand that uh let me try to break it down here does that mean uh your your kind of public outward facing image is this very squeaky clean or 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 very yeah. pro whatever but then the way you actually act at home is very in this case and, if we're viewing it through the lens of feminism you'd be a very misogynistic person i guess at home in 2016 
when Trump was first elected, the pink pussy hats were very popular, mm-hmm. and and the women's march um, against Trump was very popular, and there were a lot of people that had signs during that that were saying, "Remember, you know, a lot of women here voted for Trump too." You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are, a lot of women here are, are just here for clout and social media, and they're part of the problem too. And that's yeah. essentially what they're saying. Like, you can show up. But like, but what, how are you actually, what are you actually doing? And it's like, right. if you're the, showing up like, hey, oh, I'm a woman, but then voting for Trump or whatever, how are you, how are you claiming to be on our side? Well, that kind of goes back to the, you know, super old saying of your actions a lot of times speak much louder than words. You know, you yeah. can, you can pretend and you can say, oh, I'm this or oh, I'm that. But if your actions aren't really reflecting what you're doing, then it doesn't really matter what you're saying. Yeah. And obviously, once again. This is something that can apply to more than just sexism oh, sure. or feminism. That's for sure. General. Listen, mm-hmm. I kind of now that we don't have to. I kind of hate. Like I understand that people need to listen, but I feel like that term's been so overused that it doesn't even mean anything anymore. You know. Right. I I would say I would say maybe to take it a step further would be you need to really open up a dialogue, um, not just listen, but also I think it's important too if you want to be an ally. You need to um, ask questions, but also know when the appropriate time to speak is. I have some difficulties with that. I would say a big thing I've learned, too, from talking to other people and you even, is don't take things personal, you know? Did Did you just hear what you said, Jared? What? You learned something. Oh, I did learn something. Yeah, I learned something. I'm not here. We're, I'm not here to teach people things. I'm not saying I'm not going to learn anything. I'm saying I'm not here to teach people things. If you mm. learn something, that's great, and I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that's just a big responsibility. Um, I guess not to you. That's your job. So you're like, yeah, yeah, all right. I do this every day. I'm like, listen, it's not my job to teach people. things. Two more weeks left, though, uh, and I'm a free <laughs> man, Jared. Don't, but like, don't you can't take things personally. Like when you hear people talk about when men, when you hear people talk about white people, when you hear like I, I feel like I've had to train myself. To not take it personally when I hear, um, not even I think, of course I have. I'm a man. I've I've had to train myself over years to not take it personally when you hear men talked about. But it's like, yeah, they're not talking about me. I but they're talking about this is what history has proven. You know, when it comes to the idea of the patriarchy or women's safety uh, in public, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be the one to maybe attack you in public, but I understand why you seeing me on a street and it's just the two of us and you'd be very scared. That makes perfect sense because I understand the history of, of what could happen in this situation. I'm going to give you a somewhat agree with that one. Now I understand why it's good to not take these things personally. However, I also think blanket statements that you or I could take personally need to also be somewhat taken with a grain of salt. Like, like you know, you see a lot of times in social media, people using the term, like, all men are trash. It's like, I'll be honest That's with you, such Jerry, a right? simple statement, though, Chad. It is, but when I read there it, it's still... There are a still... lot more complex conversations happening in the world well, than someone course, putting that on Twitter. Where you see, I don't know, you see some dude doing some stupid thing on Twitter. I, I don't know, I, I hear but that. But still, those types of statements, they don't do anything good. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know? but you don't understand what they're saying. Like I, mean, I understand what they're saying, but what they're saying like, isn't true. But they're but to a certain extent, I think what they're saying has validity because that stuff, whatever whatever they're talking about that that man is doing, is something that is 
I would say usually. Let's say usually. Did, did you hear what you just said though? The is thing something that, that, that is, man is doing. Yeah, let me finish. It's something that men. is okay. is something that I would say is societally generally ingrained into us. Whether it be some level of violence, some level of how you interact with a woman, that stuff is societally ingrained into all of us regardless of sure. race or gender or whatever. And so Obviously, when they say that, when you see one person do something stupid, it's a broad generalization. But that is based off of truth, where it's like, this is what, in general, this is how our society has it has been taught to react to a situation. Even if we see it to clearly be an overreaction, even if we see it to clearly be one guy and you would never do that. It's sort of the same thing where it's like, uh, white people, you know, like the idea of like, I don't even want to com- make a comparison because I'm going to fuck it up. But <laughs> I, uh, I, but I don't have a problem with that statement because it's like, yeah, I understand that's a broad generalization, but that's coming from a place of this is this activity that we see has been taught through society and has been and we and men have been taught to deal with things through so, violence, and and men have generally been taught that you shouldn't maybe take a certain level of whatever from a certain person and if and and if you do you're a pussy and if you don't react to someone calling you a pussy then you're the pussy and these are all things that are very real things that have been ingrained into us you know yeah and specifically men women have generally aren't taught in in uh, as children and throughout all everywhere in society this is not even just Mm -hmm. a western or eastern thing women are generally not taught to fight physically in response to to things and so the idea that when we see violence or some sort of retaliation that is a man thing it i think it is and yeah i would i would agree with you there but so when i see men are trash i don't take it personally because i'm like yeah that's something a man would do more likely than a woman for sure Okay, sure. But once again, I think this, whenever we do this, all this, all that, it just doesn't get us anywhere. You know, it's, it's, once again, if you want to talk about intersectionality, Jared, that would go directly against intersectionality. I mean, and, and look, I do agree with you that there is think, a I smart think, level of. I, I would argue, I would, I bet you gay men are more likely to be prone to violence than than straight women. I, I still think there is something, there is this still idea of masculinity. Do you have the stats on that? No, I, I don't. I don't know. But no, I don't. But I'm still saying I think there is this idea of masculinity ingrained into humans. Well, sure. You know? Yeah, and so I, I, I so agree. I, and we're talking about small numbers then because I, 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 yeah. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But if you talk about intersectionality through, I think a lot of intersections, if it comes down to male, mm-hmm. in a lot, a lot of intersections, no matter what else you might be, men tend to be the more violent group i don't oh, know I, why that's so hard I, to I, no i would agree with that so statement so, 100%. so i don't know why saying things like all men are trash is so offensive because it's like generally really? speaking generally really? speaking when the, when we see these terrible things happen uh it's more likely to be men doing these terrible violent things that's just that's as you like to always claim that's just that's that's like statistics i couldn't yeah. even get the word out I, I look, I, I agree with you. I know but, it hurts to hear, Chad, but you don't. But but they're not they're What? Well, I don't understand why you take it so personally, I guess, is, is I, I, what well, I, I don't think my I take problem it, is. I think what bothers me about it, Jared, it's not taking it personally. What bothers me is, as I said, I just don't think it gets us anywhere. Whenever there, you say whenever you say mm-hmm. all this or all that, like it's it doesn't 
it's it it there are so many subtleties, complexities, nuances to people out there that you know. I mean, and I feel like you would probably feel some type of way if people said all black people are X, wouldn't you? Uh. Because I don't think there'd be statistics to back up whatever they, these people would be about to say. You know, if you, what, were you gonna, I, I'm not saying you're going to say this, but, you know, people talk about black on black crime and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, well, black people are more likely to commit crimes. Against, and it's like, first of all, how are you going to disregard then that white people are more likely to commit crimes against white people? No one says white on white crime. And then also just the idea of why is it that, you know, people commit crimes most likely to the people that they're most ar- around. Yep. Yep. And we're in, in America. Uh, for the most part, black people have been s- s- pushed to s- very certain areas, and so they're going to be committing crimes in their areas, not traveling uh, hours away or whatever for it. And it's like, and so it's just, it's, it's just the idea of black on black crime is racist in general. And um, and so I, I guess I would, I would, I only say that to say that's just an example of what I think of as like black people. This what would be what they were going to say? Because I, I feel like that's what you're doing is oversimplifying it. Because I think I could have a, or someone more educated than me, I should say, could have a response to whatever it is you were going to say. But I think that it's, it's not, it's there's no argument to the fact that vi- most violence occurs due to men. I don't think that's I don't think that's an arguable arguable statement. Yeah, but I don't think the statement all men are trash is arguable either really. Cuz they're not. I mean literally no, that's not true. That's true. Literally and just like when people say white people do this or white people do mm-hmm. that, obviously that doesn't mean every or black people do this, black people do that. We you know, black people do that in their own community talk about black people, white people talk about, you know, everyone talks about everyone. Right. Obviously that doesn't mean that that's true either, Chad. Right. But we all yeah. know what's happening when people say this. You know, like I've been in like I'm in my black family, people will say like, oh, black people do this, you know, and it's and it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. But it's like, yeah, obviously we know that just saying that blanketly is not true, but we're banking on the fact that um, more likely than not, this is the behavior that you'll find from this group of people. Right. I just don't know if I could confidently say that somebody is an ally if they're willing to make blanket statements like that about an entire group of people, you know, to me, yeah. that just doesn't seem very, when, very when we're talking about white people specifically. I think I really think there needs to be a separation between white people and white supremacy, mm-hmm. because I feel like everybody in the world well, that's an exaggeration. Everyone statement. that <laughs> interacts with white people, I should say. No, I'd say everyone in the world. Everyone in the world, for the most, like, plays has plays a role in white supremacy. You know, like you can't avoid it. There are black people that are that are that play a role in white supremacy, whether they notice it or not. Respectability politics is sort of playing into the idea of of white supremacy. So I think when you talk about certain things, you have to sort of separate the idea of like white people from whiteness or white mm-hmm. supremacy. These are two different things. So when you're talking about these blanket statements, I think you can do the same thing for, there's no term for it, like white supremacy versus white people. Mm-hmm. But I think you can do the same thing for any group. So when you're talking about, you know, uh, like, oh, like patriarchy, you know, mm-hmm. 
I think that's another sort of term where it's like we're talking about we're not talking about you, Chad. You're a man. You do this because you're part of the patriarchy. So you do this. No, we're saying that because society has gone on for centuries this way, just because you are this means that you have just from the history of how our society was made law wise and and culturally you benefit from this so we so white supremacy or whiteness is a thing and you might be a white person that is not act that is not hurting other communities that is actively trying to be the best ally um but and and that is separate from the idea of whiteness, and and mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, but I still understand. I, I'm trying to help, and I do my part, and I understand that I personally am not racist, and I'm doing everything I can. I donate, I blah 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 blah. But whiteness is a thing that is affecting society, and it's like I'm a man. I think I'm a feminist. I think I do everything that matters that that can help. That I'm doing my part as much as I can. But 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 the culture of of maleness historically and society has been dangerous yeah and i might and maybe say and and maybe saying men are are trash is not true because not every man is trash but but to deny that 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 plays a part in our history and that men are going to benefit whether they want to or not just because they're a man uh is i think is a foolish thing to say so i think that Mm -hmm. Saying, saying, talking about men like that is the same idea to me personally as like talking about white supremacy or other any other sort of construct that has been formed by culture over hundreds and thousands mm-hmm. of years. Yeah, for sure. So, what what are some other yeah. uh, things Here's to another do one to that be? You're in- not gonna like shut up. Yep. I mean, that's no, a, that's a good one. I'll say that's a tough one though because I, I understand. I mean, that goes along with listen. But that is a tough one because, like, there also is like you got to ask questions, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can understand. I, I, That's as also someone, very nuanced, though, too, Jared. Asking those questions. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't want to ask a stupid question. Um, right. So I so I understand that you know these are all face your buddies. This is a big one. We've talked about this before, where you uh, where a person has to, and once again, this specifically is a list regarding how men can. Uh, like help fem- like do their part for feminism mm-hmm. but this once again can be used for any sort of uh injustice that you see personally happen you know if you mm-hmm. see something racist go down it's like you can also confront your your buddy but i think that's a big part of it and i think that's what this is one of the biggest hurdles that i was talking about before uh where someone might claim to not be racist or not be whatever or not be sexist but it's not about what you are personally it's about how big of a problem do you find this to be if you can live your life and see other people, um, you know, be whatever sort of ist it is, racist, sexist, uh, you know, xenophobic, and let it happen? Uh, and it's like, listen, I'm not that person. I do my part. And, you know, I'll let this person just go along with her. That's not my problem. Or it's like, I'll, yeah, but it's like, in, yeah. And so I think a big part, a challenging part is to... Uh, um, you know, confront your friend and be like, you can't say that. That shit's racist or that's sexist. Why do you keep saying that? What I did, and maybe this is my personal privilege as a black person, I had a, I've had a friend or two from my past that um, went away personally that I wasn't a fan of. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I just, I just pulled the ghost technique. Nice. I'm like, I, it's not, I, like, I don't need to confront you. I, like, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to have a friend. But isn't silence to, violence, Jared? I don't want to have a friend 
where I have to t- <laughs> where I have to teach this le- like teach explain to my friend teach my friend why what they're doing is racist you know or it's like right. because because in that process it's like you don't understand what this means to me and it's like how are you going to be my friend right. if you don't even understand what I'm going through and now I have to teach you this is not even this is not a friendship this is a job right. and see that's where that's where the whole listening shutting up but also asking questions can be kind of murky because yeah because I do think it's unfair to place the burden of teaching people, you know, about a lot of these things on those those groups, right? The literature I think, exists. Right, right. They it, it is not the job of any minority community to educate you about their life or whatever. I think if you want to learn those things, you I think you could ask questions, but if you know, if the questions are either uncomfortable or if the questions start to be kind of like I, I really try my best, Jared, to not ask you questions on behalf of the entire black community because I just mm-hmm. don't think that's fair to you. You know, and that's and that's not fair to the black community either because, you know, you're just one black dude in a yeah. sea of, you know, numerous With, uh, people. My own experience unrelated exactly. to everyone else's so sure. Um yeah. so yeah, so it but, is tricky. But I understand there is a line where it's like you don't want me to speak for the black community, but you if you general genuine excuse me, genuinely have a question regarding race or whatever, or it's like you know, he's my friend and he's someone that I can go to and, and he'll know that I'm not coming from a bad place. But right. I also don't want to, you know, there's a line between, you know, that genuine question versus, hey, what do black people think of this, Jared? Give me the right. give me the pulse of black people. On, on this. Like, I don't know, bro. But see, that's why I rather ask you about stuff that's more related to just your own experiences, because I think sure. that's something you can actually talk about. You know, like, sure. you know, I, I would feel more comfortable asking you, like, What's your experience with police? Instead of being like, hey, Jared, what do all black people think of police? You know, because, yeah, it's foolish. I I think that's huge. And I think that's I think that's something that a lot of people maybe let me try to give people the benefit of the doubt, because I I do feel a little militant here Uh, is that I, I feel like when people are saying I don't see color or whatever, I feel like maybe that's what they're trying to say, you know. But that's not how it comes off as. I wonder if what like, they're trying to like, say is I, I don't see you. I see you as a person. Right, right. But it's like, but if you're seeing me as a person, you have to understand that the fact that I'm this or I'm that, I'm black or I'm Filipino and living in America or I'm I'm a woman and I'm black plays a major role into my experience in life. Yeah. A major role into how, who I am. And so how for you, you move, to disregard, how you operate. For you mm-hmm. to disregard that is disregarding who I am as a person. And so how can you pretend to say you see me, but then it's like, well, you don't understand anything I've experienced if you're going to pretend that you don't even re- recognize that I'm some sort of, you know, whatever it is. Can I offer a potential solution slash workaround for these folks saying sure, the statement, I don't see color? I th- and, and look, this comes from a white dude. So feel free if this is inappropriate, let me know. But I would say maybe a better way to phrase it would be, I don't discriminate against color. Yeah. Because I think that's at the end of the day, I think that's what they're trying to get or, at, right? Mm-hmm. I think a simplified a simplified way, because I think a lot of people are afraid of the idea of color or race mm-hmm. specifically. Say just say I see you, you know. Yeah. I see you as a person, you know. Yeah. I see you as the complete person that you are. And that means that you don't like I, I see I, you don't have the ability to speak for whatever group I want you to speak for because you're your own person. But I also understand how you being your own person, whatever that might be, uh, plays a role in how you you know move through life. 
Right. So I understand that you're your own person, and but yeah, I'm not. I, I, that that I, that's not how I. I don't use those things to like make my opinion of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's a little longer than I don't see color. I understand. I don't see color flows off the tongue nicely. And in the 80s, I'm sure it was very revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, but we're long past the 80s. That's for sure. Um, don't undervalue women's problems or say that we're exaggerating. And that, yeah. And once again, I that mean, goes once again, to... that's yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a huge problem with race too. People acting like race is not as big of an issue as it is. Right. Care for your masculinity and the issues caused by the toxic societal model of masculinity. Oh, you hate that, Chad. You what, hate that. What does that even mean? Care for your ma- yeah, that's care for your masculinity. I don't know. Uh, an issue. Yeah, what does that even mean? Caused even by the toxic societal model of masculinity. I think it's I, my guess would be here. I'll just read what they say. Mm-hmm. Look just uh look just between oh, I hate how BuzzFeed. Let me just say what I think that they, <laughs> I hate how BuzzFeed talks. I don't like like I don't like this sort you of like, like hey, we're, all, we're all friends here, you know? Right. It's like just give me the just say what you want to um but um I think what it's essentially saying is like you have to recognize what I think what I was saying before, like recognize the issues that masculinity or whatever the group is have caused as a whole just take yourself out of it recognize what the idea of masculinity what the fact that men have been in charge of making rules for for the beginning aspects of most societies around the world what that what sort of aspect that could have on the world and i think it's trying to say like keep that in mind when you're thinking about something or it's like factor in the fact that this has been this is how society has been functioning for centuries i think is what they're saying it's gonna be okay yeah i i still don't know i've so far i've liked pretty much everything on this list that one i don't really know what they're trying to say yield your space and understand that you're not the center of the universe you know something interesting that i learned um not during this podcast completely regardless (laughs) of this podcast was having was listening while, while listening were were uh um female colleagues saying that one benefit that they have found to um, to the their professional lives is that it's easier for them to speak up in meetings and it's easier for them to feel like they're being heard. And oh, I think great. it's because they're. I think it's. Um, I don't. I mean. I, I. I mean. I guess I can't speak to exactly why, but I think just the idea of being able to have that opportunity to speak up is a lot more difficult than people might think. And in this, mm-hmm. I think, is a great example of intersectionality. And because I think this is certainly uh, uh, more... I, th- I think this can affect you if you're a person of, uh, like, some sort of minority race, for sure, you know, being able to speak up. But I think this really affects you if you're a, a woman. And so if you factor in, I'm a minority race and I'm a woman, or, you know, whatever, or, you know, I'm, some, you know, part of the LGBT community and I'm... I'm a minority, you know, people don't are less likely to want to hear me or whatever. And, you know, if me as a black person, maybe I can feel that way a little bit, but I'm still a man, you know. And so I still probably can get the benefit of the doubt more. Not probably. I still can get the benefit of the doubt more than a black woman. say, you know, just on Mm -hmm. the very fact that. I'm a man in this professional setting, well, for I've, example. I've seen that play out firsthand a few times at work where I've done a, a co-consultation with a female coworker of mine who is just as competent, maybe even more competent with mm-hmm. their tech skills than I am. And I'll never forget it was like um, 
Um, I will say, too, that it was a, an older gentleman who we met with, which I, I'm not trying to excuse him, but I think he did, you know, he did grow up in a very different time. And right. the irritating thing was, and I'm not saying that that's right, uh, but what was irritating is my coworker would say something. It would all be sound advice, sound recommendations, proper steps, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then they wouldn't really listen. And then when I would say the same damn thing my colleague said, they'd be like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I've seen it play out, and it, and it and definitely even, is a thing. They probably don't even recognize what they're doing. Right. Probably You not. do, and she, and she probably, and right. she definitely does. <laughs> right. Well, another example, too, Jared, that I think just goes to show how differently the culture was for older generations. I remember my grandmother actually saying some very, like, my, and these are my grandmother's words, you know, and I don't mean to, you know, slander her because she was an amazing woman, but this just kind of goes to show the societal and cultural differences, is she told me... She was a huge Tigers baseball fan. She would watch the games. And she said straight up, I do not want to hear a woman commentate the baseball games. Mm. And at first I was like, well, why would that be? And I was pretty little when I first heard her say this because I think she was talking to one of my one of my older cousins at the time. And they were talking about how um, they think that, you know, women should be more present in, in sports. And my, that's what my grandmother said. Um, and I don't really know why. And sadly, she's been gone for quite some time, so I couldn't ask her. But I have yeah. a feeling that some of that does come down to kind of your cultural you know, upbringing. And, and we are all socially programmed, um, yeah. whether we like it or not. And, and, and that's why, once again, intersectionality is so key. Because what you said there, you know, my family is all black for the most part. That's not something that would probably be that that foreign to here in my household either you know that's not a race related thing the how women are treated is not i mean obviously race plays an effect in it that's what intersectionally Mm -hmm. is but like it's but like you know these are things where it's like i understand that too for my family where it's like you hear some sexist stuff where it's like come on you know it's like and and then also you know it's weird too because me as a black person, sometimes in my family, if you say I were to hear some sexist stuff or even racist stuff against another minority, you know, it's like, I feel like you should know better because you're black, like, like you know, my family members I'm talking about because they're black. It's like, how are they <laughs> saying something racist or something like just so blatantly? A sexist makes a little Ignorance more sense, to be bliss, fair. Jared. Honestly, sexist makes a little more sense because, I, you know, once again, race you know women and men you know that's that's crosses all races but like the idea is like it's so funny to hear you a black person who has you you know you're however old you are have definitely experienced racism in your life are just so freely saying something racist about an asian person or something (laughs) or it's like you don't see that that you know that double standard there you bring up something though jared that i think is really important to highlight which is that i think that's why for for more privileged people out there why they have such difficulty really empathizing because they've never had to experience anything. You know, that's why they're privileged, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think um, being able to, and, and goes back to that other point you mentioned of not thinking that people are exaggerating or not take, like take their problems seriously, you know, listen yeah. to these people. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, there's more. Uh, at, uh any other oh. spicy ones? Google is your friend, obviously. Yeah, for I mean sure. that's that's key. It, uh, I found I did find something real quick that I want to go over. We, you know, in my head, I always have this po- this point where I'm like, you know, we need to keep our episodes too tight. You know, we can't just mm-hmm. ramble. But once we've heard, hit a certain level, I'm like, listen, I'm talking. I got things yep. to say. Clearly, yep. we've got things to say. We're not yep. just trying to keep this going. I did find an, an, a website, and I wanted. I'm curious to know what you think about it. It's guide to allyship.com. To be oh, yeah. an ally, 
You saw I this? Actually have it, I actually have it pulled up. Do you want to yeah. go through these seven? They <laughs> yeah. have the seven steps. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just go through the seven, yeah. seven steps real quick? Because I don't agree with all these. So yeah, let's, let's go through these. Take on the struggle as your own. I'm not really sure what that means. I th- Well, once again, I think uh, this means putting, making, I guess in this case, actually making the struggle more personal. Put uh, So not saying, it's not saying to be like, that's someone else's problem, that's not my problem kind of thing. Right. And I think that's a lot of what we get, like like when you talk about like, I don't see color or I don't see, mm-hmm. red, you know, th- I think that's what they're saying. It's like, it's not my problem because I'm, I don't see, you know, I don't, I, I don't even concern myself with these things. Right. Or it's like, well, it's a problem. You might need to want to, you might want to concern yourself with these things. Right. Uh, Can I, I just say, though, Jared, I, feel I, I like, do too. And I also, uh, another thing I've learned recently just by trying to educate myself is that, you know, when usually these sort of steps that are taken to improve diversity steps or inclusion, they, 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 uh, they help everybody. They don't, they don't just, maybe they might be, they, maybe they were put into place because they want a certain group was trying to be focused on. But generally, these are liberal policies that at the end of the day help everyone. They're, they're, you know, and so like, like realize that this to take a struggle on your own on your own is like you're not by by doing this you you could be improving your own life too. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to look at it selfishly, it's like you're not lo- I think there's this big thought that you're lo- like that people are losing something white people i hate to say it i am so afraid to say it because <laughs> you know people get so afraid that that means that like not me but i you know i think that this idea it's white supremacy you know this idea of of you know uh whatever whatever inclusion steps are taken this idea that it's not about inclusion it's about things being taken away from like things have to be taken away from white people in order for other groups to, right. to have a fair shot sure definitely Transfer. This is number two. Transfer the benefits of your privilege to those who lack it. See, that one was one of the ones where it's not that I don't agree. That one I just don't understand how you feasibly can do You've that. You've done that though. Have I? You've donated money. Is okay. I'd oh, say that's yeah. a, the ben, a benefit that is a of you. You You're have right. a good job with a mm-hmm. steady paycheck. And you've taken some of your paycheck. Obviously, once again, we said <clears throat> you're not Bill Gates uh, or Dolly Parton being an uh, uh, inf- influential <laughs> part of why we have a vaccine. But you're taking some of your benefits that you have to be able to have gainful imp- employment and donating it. But, right. you know, there are other ways to do it. You can uh, take the transfer your benefits with your uh, with your time, donate your time, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that are in these oppressed places, a lot of times uh, maybe have multiple jobs, don't have the ability. Right. You know, you have maybe you or I, we have the ability to do whatever we want on the weekend. Take mm-hmm. that time that we, the privilege that we have to be able to have a job where we can have a free weekend and somehow give right. back. I'm not saying we do these things. I'm saying this is what they're saying to do. I just need to be right. clear if anyone's listening to this right now. I'm I just not got, saying I just got I do not, this. another idea for that. So transfer the benefits of your privilege to those who lack it. And another big one, and I do think there are some celebrities who do this very well, which is which yeah. is use your use platform. Your platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be another way, I guess. So another yeah, one we talked about earlier mm-hmm. too, calling out your your friends and family. Mm-hmm. That's your privilege is to be able yeah. to uh, witness episodes of you know some sort of sexism or racism and be able to call it out i understand it's tough but that's your privilege you know to be able to be in a situation to do that because either these people probably wouldn't say this around the group or um now 
the person that the person that's the oppressed person that's hearing this is almost putting themselves in a level of confront. Now I got to confront this person, kind of thing. Yep. So, yep. so the the learning has to come from the people that they're most likely to hear. I understand that it's hard. They never said these are ten, you know, seven right. easy steps. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah, if if it was seven easy steps to be an ally, I don't know if I'd take uh, yeah. it the list seriously. <laughs> Quick steps. Yeah. Uh, amplify voices of the oppressed before your own. That's kind of what you talked about with the right. platform. Use your yep. platform platform to and, and you could easily do that today where it's like you know follow this person or retweet this person or repost mm-hmm. what this person says or hey buy this person's book or you know right. this person's going to be on this, this podcast person's business to, yeah right. exactly right uh, definitely acknowledge that even though you feel pain the conversation is not about you that's what i've been trying to say over and over again i would modify this one i would modify this one to acknowledge that even though you are uncomfortable Yes, I don't love the feel pain part yeah. as well, to be honest with Cause, you. Because I but, think some... Well, uh, uh, is anger... Because I feel like a lot of white people get angry or defensive. Yeah. I mean, and anger, I, I think, is, a, is an aspect of... I think that's is how it? some people... I think that's how some people... Or is it a reaction to pain? React to pain. I okay. think that can be a reaction to pain. Anger can be a reaction to a lot of things, and I think one of those can be pain. Because I think a lot of people, especially white people, when they hear about the realities of the horrors of our history... Uh, are afraid to be vulnerable, you know? I mm-hmm. think people in general, I shouldn't have said that, people in general are afraid, are afraid to be vulnerable. So when people are confronted with uh, times when they need to be vulnerable, I think responding in anger is not uncommon because it's like, why are you making me feel like this? Right. And so I'd say, yeah, I agree with you. Acknowledge that you e- that even that though you feel uncomfortable, I think is key. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. pain is kind of weird. Um, but yeah. I think more importantly, and the thing that I've been trying to say over and over again, like this is not about you. Even though you might fall into right. the group, this is not Bigger about you. you. Like this is right. about a cultural movement that mm-hmm. controls how our country works, whether that be uh, patriarchy, whether that be uh, white supremacy, you know, xenophobia of various sorts, which falls into white supremacy, I imagine. Or, uh, mm-hmm. yep. But anyway... Uh, stand up even when you feel scared. That's what you're talking about. You know, speaking up against your family or sometimes. Obviously, I agree with you. That that's a tough mm-hmm. thing to do. You know, I and I, I you, I'm, you're talking about about this. I'm not immune to that either. I've heard plenty of sexist things come out of my, or as I said, even some racist things come out out of my family members' mouths. And I, it's, it's some, it's easier for me to just let it go by, especially since a lot of the times this is coming from people that are much older than you. And mm-hmm. and uh, my. I don't know about you, but my southern upbringing is in, is very against telling old people what to do. You know, they're very right. yes sir, oh, yeah. yes yep. ma'am culture. Yep. And and I think I think in the U.S. overall, I think the South is a lot more serious about respecting elders in the U.S. I think they take it a lot more seriously than the rest of the world. And the idea of not you know not speaking to your you know not telling elders what to do or like telling them how to correct their behavior is very important. And I think right. that's across all races in, in, mm-hmm. in the South. I think that's a very general thing in the South. Yeah. Uh, own your mistakes and decenter yourself. I think this is a big one too because I think there's a difference that we've talked about before where it's like <laughs> saying something was sexist or racist or whatever or, or you know, homophobic versus saying you're sexist or you're racist. You know, right. you have to, you have to, you have, those two things are, are separate and you have to 
separate you have to separate those things you know you, mm-hmm. you you have to hear that like all right what i said and you can adjust these little behaviors and be like okay now i know no no one's saying hey you're a racist or you're you're irredeemable how dare you hate this group clearly but it's like we're not saying that we're saying what you said is not really the a, a great way to say that theoretically that's a racist way to say that i know mm-hmm. you didn't mean it that way but what you said is racist i think people can't hear that people hear that was racist and they hear i I'm racist. How dare yep. you? Yep. And it's like you can say something. Honestly, I think people of uh, that are in um, minority groups, whatever it might be, are a lot better at recognizing their own sort of isms. I feel like as a black person, personally, I feel like I'm. I, I recognize. I might say something racist to a friend or something, but I think I, I'm better. I'm, I'm going to admit it. I think I'm better at recognizing it and being like, listen, yeah, no, I can fully understand that that was racist. Um, but, uh, and, and just recognizing it, I think, is a huge part of it. I'm, you might have said something racist or homophobic, but, but um, acknowledging it is, is, a, is a big step and being like, okay, yeah, let's not say that because that's what this means. I didn't mean it this way, but I understand, I can hear because I understand how this has been used that this might be something that could come off that way. One more. Mm-hmm. understand that your education is up to you and no one else. That's a big one too. We talked about, I'd you say that's the most important one to teach you yep. stuff. And for most things, almost everything in the world today is almost a Google search away. As we said before, it's like, just yeah. look it up. You say, Very true. you can literally Google, why am I racist? And there will be a lot of explanations that could probably explain whatever sort of little racist thing that you don't think is racist, but someone else told you is racist. If you just Googled why am I racist generically, you could probably find the answer in oh, a, couple, sure. a couple hours. If you were <laughs> willing to... Well, you have Half to read. Hour, the probably. thing is, you have to read. That's why I'm right. saying that. That's true. Like you may, you might be able to find something, but you actually have to read. That's the thing. And understand it too. Exactly. That's true. So That's you might true. be able to You're find right. it in You're a couple right. minutes. But you, but you can't comprehend it in a couple right. minutes. And none of this is quick and easy either. I mean, these are heavy topics. Sure. And these are know. like cultural, like the things that we that are talked about when it's like ending racism or ending sexism, like these are cultural changes. And no, right. no sort of cultural change ever happens overnight, whether it be clothing or, <laughs> you know, ending slavery. Uh, right. you know, nothing or, or like design of furniture. Nothing mm-hmm. happens overnight. Like these are, and and also people have to be willing to make those changes. Things I said before, like style, people are more willing to make those changes than sexism and racism. Because I feel like people, right. as I said before, are afraid that they're going to lose something. I think there's a a lot of fear that uh, equality means that I have to lose something f- for in order for us to be equal. Right. Well, well, that goes true. down to the debate of equality of outcome and equality of opportunity, which that's a whole another rabbit hole we, we don't we don't need to worry sure. about today. Sure. But, but yeah, but I really do like this list um, from uh, Guide to Allyship. Um, I think I think a lot of them are really good. Uh, I also really like Jared their do's and don'ts. I mean, we've we've covered pretty much almost all I think of the do's and don'ts. One I thought um, you might like is mm-hmm. was the Oppression Olympics one. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's a big no-no. Um, that's a big one I, I hear. So it says, do not participate for, uh, for the gold medal in the Oppression Olympics. You don't need to compare your struggle is just as bad as a marginalized person. That's, a lo- that's something I hear commonly 
with the idea of white privilege, you know? Oh, for sure. Where That's it's like, what are you example. talking about? I grew up poor. My parents got divorced when I was a kid, and my, you know, my dad abused my mom when I was a kid, and I had a terrible childhood. You, you know, I don't get pulled over, and a cop just says, hey, oh, you're white? Go on then, you know? Right. Where it's like just this oversimplification of what it means, and then this idea that how dare you say that I have privilege because my I, I experience struggles in my life, you know, where it's like it's like it's not about who like that has nothing to do with it. No one's saying you didn't experience any struggles. No one experienced saying that you as a white person haven't de- dealt with trauma. Right. But, but it's not a competition. And that's and that's in your isolated experience is irrelevant to centuries of of history and law right. and society you know and the color of your skin is probably not the reason why you've encountered a lot of those struggles exactly and hardships. It's like, exactly it's like yeah your family yeah. was terrible or whatever but that, that had nothing like that had nothing to do with right. because you were a certain race that's just because people suck in general you know right it's right. like and it's like you don't need to say that you like it's i, I that's when i hear it the most is with um is with the oppression Olympics and like the right. idea of privilege. It's like, you know, what are you talking about? My childhood sucked and I'm white. Kind of down to that same um, topic area, Jared, in terms of the oppression Olympics. I also think what I find very irritating too is your 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 outwardly or overly woke white people oh, yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, or, yeah. or people, or I don't even want to put. I tend to see more white people, at least on social media, doing this, but I don't think it's only white people. It's but not I just don't people. like this idea of behaving that you know what's best. It's like you, especially if you are not a part of that minority group. Um, there are definitely some people out there that are pretty bold, you know, where it's like, I understand that you want to, that you feel like you need to speak up, but it's like, there are certain people out there that certainly get very comfortable. And then it falls into this category of, as like, of like, being one of the good ones, but on the white side, you know, like, right. you know, like I'm the hardest ally. And I, and so I'm, you know, I'm invited to the cookout almost, you know, like where the white person automatically assumes they're invited to the cookout or something like that. Right. The cookout, by the way, I think a lot of white people might think they're invited to the cookout that aren't actually invited. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. And there's no cookout, by the way. There's no, it's not <laughs> happening. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. It's yeah, it's I just people like that kind of I think know-it-alls like that in general drive me crazy. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, in terms of, you know, being an ally or anything else, just people who think they know what's best. It's like, uh, get off your high horse, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I I, I do. It is. It's funny because it needs to be done. But it also makes me laugh a little bit is when you watch like white on white social media crime where it's like the woke woke mob going after someone on twitter and it's like in my head or it's like this the person that's the quote-unquote woke mob person you know it's so weird because it's like this person's not really saying things how i would prefer to be said personally even though they think they're fighting the good fight you know it's it's just so weird how that works you know and it's like it's like you think you're fighting the good fight but also i feel like by doing that you're ignoring the fact that you're not you. You're not fully educated either. You know, uh, there's steps to this. I'm trying to think. I don't remember now which article or which um, like media posted. Maybe I can find it real quick. But it was. Uh, I think the headline was something along the lines of like how white women stole like wokeness or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Well, Bill Burr did a whole SNL sketch about that. Did he really? Okay. He did. And the white women uh, did not like it. Well, I'm well, sure. I'm sure that, that, I, I, you don't have to find it. You don't have to find it because that's oh, the it was thing. Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr. That's what I just said. 
Oh, I thought you said Bo Burnham. Sorry, yeah. Bill Burnham no, rips not, white women for yeah, that's hijacking the woke movement. Okay, But yeah. that's been a thing that's been talked about in communities of color forever. Where and, and that's a thing that, that's been a problem with feminism since the birth of it. Because feminism has always, and this once again goes back to intersectionality, even mm-hmm. there's feminism, but whiteness still prevails. Yeah. So at the end of the day, there's still racism within feminism yep. because white women I still have a certain level of privilege and a certain yep. level of expectations and and that just come along with with the with white supremacy in general and being and, and this idea and and where white people are in society and so um, and so the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories of white women sort of hijacking feminism or certain marginalized female women groups fighting for something and then like affirmative action for example affirmative action is a thing that is commonly used sort of to put down people of color whether it be black people hispanic people when in reality it's white women that tend to benefit the most from these diversity sort of um movements and uh and it just goes back to the intersectionality where it's like, yeah, women obviously are marginalized in certain ways in society, but there's still different levels of it when, it, when you add in you know, other identities like race or nationality or religion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a heavy, it's heavy right, stuff. Chad. Yeah. We've gone too long. Heavy, let's, heavy. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's call it a day. I got to pee anyway. Right. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. This has been quite a conversation and quite an episode, Jared. Yeah. Um, but and, I think uh, it's been a good conversation. I, we ha- mm-hmm. It's all been, I don't know, you know. It's been very worthwhile. If you're going to go two hours, at least, have a, at least make it a, like an active conversation. Yeah. We certainly and did not force you said, that to go to two hours. Well, and as you said, we had a lot to say today, and I'm glad we I'm glad we could talk about it. Uh, yeah. But let us know what your thoughts are on uh, what it means to be an ally and how to be an ally at untranslatablepodcast at, g- uh, at gmail Slide into those DMs and let us know that you're learning something, so I can prove Jared wrong. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I can say that we do a little bit of teaching on this podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast. And please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we Spread can make this love. podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, muchas gracias, shisha, and dosvidanya. Good conversation, Chad. It's quite an episode. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was I thought it was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-